to the E3 podcast where we encourage, educate, and empower female entrepreneurs. I'm Melissa Johnson, and I have a mission to help female business owners um, transform their lives and their business. On this show, I'll be interviewing female entrepreneurs that are moms, that are business owners, and we're taking a deep dive into the struggles that they're having in their business and coming up with some great solutions on how they can transform their business and their life. So thank you so much for joining the show today. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and we're going to jump right in. Welcome back to the E3 podcast. I'm Melissa Johnson. Today I have Anna Villalobos on. Sorry, I almost butchered it. And then we just talked about this. <laughs> this time. So um, Anna's super awesome. She's here in San Antonio with me, actually, um, part of our Invest Her group. So we've got to know each other a little bit there. But can you share with, with the audience kind of who you are, how you got started on your real estate journey and where you're at today? Yes, absolutely. So I started my journey. I like to tell, well, I mean, I always think of life as like a journey and a process, right? And it all comes together at different points in our lives. Like all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's why that thing 15 years ago happened because of this thing that's happening right now. And you start to put the pieces together. And so um, growing up, we, uh, we moved a lot, first of all, but then when we finally did settle, our house was constantly being renovated. Like we were just adding on and, you know, creating, creating, and um, it was never done, never. And I remember like getting to be in my early twenties and I thought, I'm never going to live like that. Like, I'm not living like that. It, it's just, my life is going to be different. And I had children and, you know, we did, like, I tried to have like homes that were not being renovated. And then like, it just sort of slowly kind of creeped in all like throughout my life. It was just like always happening. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know how to make that. Um, but anyway, so I, um, I, I, you know, then I was like painting walls, you know, the kids were growing up and I was painting a wall and then I was like knocking this down and then I was building this and it just kind of kept being a part of my life and I just sort of naturally gravitated towards it. But nonetheless, when I was in my teens, I was like, I'm going to be a psychologist. That's what my life is going to be. So I got my, when my kids got a little older, I got my degree in psychology um, and I was determined that's what I was going to do. And, and still like real estate just kept coming into my life and renovation and homes. And then in the course of motherhood and all of those things, I realized how much I loved creating homes and I loved taking care of people. And I loved making sure everybody has, you know, that feminine part of me that's like, does everybody have enough food? Does everybody have enough blankets? Like, are you good? Everybody's good. Okay. I can sleep now, you know? (laughs) And so, (laughs) so I, um, I I think I just finally came to a point in my mid forties where I was like, I just thought I need to stop trying to be something I'm not. And I just need to say yes to what is showing up in my desire in my being in my life. And so I finally did. And at that point in time, um, and, and by that point, my kids were grown um, and they were in relationships, hadn't had grandkids at that point. 
um, but I do now. I was and, um, together, right? <laughs> I do, and I love it. <laughs> Thank you. So, so then I, I finally just said yes to it, and it's just sort of evolved from there. And I don't know, at this point, I could probably stop just going on and on about it. We'll probably talk a little bit more about how that part of it happened. But um, yeah, it's just so now I'm in the real estate world, and that's what I do, and I love it. So, and specifically, I love Airbnbs. That's awesome. I love how um, yeah. I love how you were talking about like real estate just keeps showing up in your life. And isn't that funny how that happens? Like mm -hmm. sometimes we're just so unaware, maybe of of these things that do keep showing up and that might be part of your your life purpose, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think that there are so many people walking around trying to figure out, and and I was one of those that I kept trying to figure out like, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? And I kept, it felt like I was like, now that I'm in it, I can look back on it and I can see that at that time, I thought it was some big, huge thing that was gonna like land in my lap and it was gonna be gigantic. And it was like this amazing purpose. And the truth is it is an amazing purpose and it's been in my face the whole time. And I just finally had to say yes to it. And that was it, you know, that was really what it all came down to. <laughs> It's, it's like so really funny. leaning into that, right? Like leaning yes. into something that, that, like a passion. Exactly. Exactly. And I would say, in fact, if I were going to advise people, I would say if it's something you're resisting, then more than likely that's actually the thing. If you're trying not to do it, then that's probably the thing that you're needing to do. <laughs> I feel like so, I can agree with that because a lot of times yeah. it does show up that way because it's, mm -hmm. you're looking at something and it's, it, it's uncomfortable, right? Because it's growth and it's right. new and you're leaving behind this thing that you thought you wanted and that was safe right. and comfortable that you knew for so long to go exactly a unknown thing, you know, but when you lean into that, it's almost like, it's just saying, okay, challenge accepted. And then just, it kind yes. of falls into place, right? Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly the truth. Awesome. So let's talk about these Airbnbs. Cause I know that, um, you, you do flip houses too, but how did you get into, um, how did you decide to, to jump into the Airbnb thing? Again, it just sort of fell into, well, I don't want to say it fell into my lap. I mean, I don't think that ever really does happen. It sort of does, but not really. Um, because we create, you know, I do believe that we create doors, like they open up, you know, and, and we can choose to step in or not. Mm -hmm. So um, what happened was I was in a long-term relationship. I had divorced. I've been married for 14 years. I've divorced. Um, I was in a relationship for about 10 years off and on. Like we were together and then we break up and then together. Well, in that togetherness at one point um, here in San Antonio, it was right when the Pearl was starting, like they had started building it. And I was kind of like watching, I've always loved house watching, you know, there's people watching, then there's house watching and neighborhood watching and mm -hmm. like, not, not in a creepy way, but you know, <laughs> I, I like to see like what's going on and this house is being, you know, renovated and this one and this one and this one. And so you can kind of start to see what I have now learned is called the path of progress like you can see where oh this is where the next thing is going to be more than likely and you're still guessing but more than likely that's it so when i saw the pearl i thought okay 
I personally would love to live down there. And so I, um, we were in, I was in this relationship and um, I said, I'd love to have a house down there. And uh, I would like to surf Zillow every day. And I found this house and it was literally falling apart. Um, and it was just, just this old rotten house, but it was down there. It was in that area. And uh, this know. was, no, it was on the other side. So it was in government Hill. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so um, I just, I said, we should do it. You know, it was on Zillow, which is so crazy now, you know, now I look at it, I'm like, how the heck did I find that? Um, so we, um, in, we had another business, an eBay business, and we had enough money and savings that we could pay cash for it. So we just went and bought it for cash. Um, and then, and it was only $23,000, which is incredible. Incredible. Like if you look at the market down there right now. Um, um, I was just down there recently and I was floored. <laughs> yes, it is insane. So, um, so in the, we broke, he, this guy and I broke up again and it was really like the full end of our relationship. Like, okay, we're just, we're not getting back together. We've had our run. It's been great. I love you, but we're just not doing this anymore. And in the course of that, we were sort of divvying things up. And one of the things he said was, you love this house. You wanted this house here. You take it. And so I said, okay, sounds good. So I took it. And I held on to it for about three years because I had no idea what to do with it. And I was heartbroken. You know, my heart was aching. And I was like, I can't live in this house. You know, I need to do stuff, all this stuff. So um, then after about three years, another friend and I started talking. And uh, he and his business partner in Dallas were flipping houses. And, and I mentioned my house to him. He said, oh, well, let me come take a look at it. Maybe I could partner with you on it. And, um, so he came down, take a look at it, took a look at it and said, yeah, let's do this. This is a great area. You know, we, we should just do this. And so we did, and it has turned into this incredible little, not turned into, but we, we turned it into an incredible little duplex right down there, government Hill. Um, and it's like the only cute house on the street. <laughs> My, my sweet neighbors are still just like hanging in there, <laughs> hanging onto their places. So, um, and then as we were finishing up the rehab, I was like, okay, I got to cash flow this thing, you know, cause I owe the, you know, the partnership, a lot of, you know, some money and I need to cash flow it. Um, and rent was so, so, and I heard about Airbnb and I thought, you know, what if we just give that a try? And so, and I had a duplex. I thought one side I could Airbnb, one side I could long-term rent. Voila, you know, cash flow. And um, I did. And I, it, you know, I say I did, but it was a long, you know, journey that getting that all together and figuring it all out and how to even do a listing and how to, you know, get ratings and reviews and how to decorate a place and, and what all you need to do. And, uh, but anyway, we ended up putting it together and, and here we are three years later, you know, and it's, it's just doing, it's doing really well. Okay. And I ended up, it, Is it, the one side was, yeah. So the one Airbnb side did so well. Um, we, I was trying to long-term at the other side and just wasn't. And so I thought, let's just Airbnb that one, you know, so.
Yeah, that was it. And then that's when I started to go, oh my gosh, I love this. I get to take care of people and love on them, you know, from a distance, but still. Mm -hmm. so, so it fits who you are and what you want to do. Absolutely. Exactly. That's my personality, you know, so. So great. do you have, so how many have you done at this point now? Um, I personally have four, um, and then I manage four others. And then I have also decorated several others. So, and then I do some consulting as well. A lot of people call me because there are so many details when you're putting together an Airbnb. Um, I stick to the city of San Antonio. I haven't ventured out into other cities. Um, and I, I don't know if I'll do that. I'm just going to sort of let it happen we'll see what happens um but there are so many details from furnishing to the right towels to making sure you have the proper permits and you're paying your taxes and you know what those taxes are and you know what the laws are and and um there's just so much detail to it that the consulting part actually is um you know it's been it's been a good business for me as well and then the decorating part is just fun I know. I, I feel like that would be my favorite part, actually. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. The systems and the processes. I mean, let's just uh -huh. you know, like fixing something up, making it cute, decorating it is just, it's, oh, it's yeah. fun. It is. And then like, and then like to get reviews all the time. And so this is just the ego part of me. It's like, I get reviews all the time. Oh, your place is so cute. Where'd you get the blah, blah, blah. Where'd you get the lamp? Where'd you get the, you know, <laughs> I get my ego fed every day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How funny. So I imagine through this process, you know, it, it sounds like it's, there are a lot of moving pieces to this. So mm -hmm. did you kind of just jump in and learn as you went along or did you get any kind of, um, I don't know, it's funny, training or, um, you know, kind of, how did you figure, how did you figure how, out how to do all this stuff just by trial and so error? Absolutely. Trial and error. So I'm a, I always, I tell people this, I'm a Virgo. And so if there's a hard way to do something, a Virgo will figure out what that way is and they will do it. I so <laughs> I know a few Virgos. <laughs> like that's the very hardest way I'm going to do it that way. And so, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, it's just been, uh, it, that's exactly what it was just trial and error. Like, okay, how, how do I furnish an Airbnb and literally not even, you know, okay. I'll say there is, you know, cause you kind of reach a point in life where like, okay, am I going to be led by, um, by grit or by inspiration? And I sort of have reached that place, you know, where I'm like, oh no, I'm just going to do things when I feel inspired to do them. Not cause I'm like going to grit my way through it. Mm -hmm. And so that part of it was, um, you know, even the decorating was like, okay, I'm not going to look at other Airbnbs, which probably would actually be a really smart thing to do, but I'm going to do what I think would be beautiful. And so, um, you know, so I just, I started looking, you know, I got on Pinterest and I, you know, the decorating part, I got on Pinterest and I started piecing together like what I like. And, uh, I was on a super budget, super, super budget. So we did a lot of Facebook marketplace and garage sales and, you know, 
piecing things together. Um, so, but it, it literally has just been trial and error. Like, what do I do if I have a guest that's unhappy? How do I deal with that? I have no idea. I don't know. What would I want if I were a guest? You know, that's usually my answer. How would I want to be treated? What would I want that person to say to me if I were scared? You know, because government feels a little rough mm-hmm. looking. It's not actually rough, but it looks rough. And so people coming in from out of town that don't know San Antonio, don't know the area, could be a little frightened. And so, and then it went from that to, oh, I need to actually just give people the heads up. Like, let them know. You're going to be driving into an area that looks a little scary. Mm-hmm. You know, just be totally upfront and say, this is what's going to happen. Manage expectations. And um, so just a little bit by little bit, piecing it together, how to actually make it happen. I think that's important too, giving people that heads up. Cause I've been in that situation myself too. Um, like I've stayed in some Airbnbs in Austin and they, ha- you know, that I guess it's like South Austin or whatever, that whole mm-hmm. area where it is very much like government Hill and Dignity, mm-hmm. where it's all this, you know, new construction and houses falling down around it and mm-hmm. with like 50 dogs running the streets and those kind yes. of people just roaming around, you know, with no purpose during the day, you know, it's like, why aren't you at work? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's <laughs> a little shady, but, but when I had the heads up and then once I got there, it was, it was fine, but it was good knowing in advance kind of what you're going into. If you're doing Airbnbs in those type of areas, those, um, yeah, like gentrification areas, I think mm-hmm. you know, those seem to be very popular too, for Airbnbs. I feel like. I think so too. I think they're unique. You know, I mean, usually those areas are going to be closer to downtown for one, which is helpful, but then also they're just unique homes. You know, the houses themselves are just beautiful and they're rehabbed and, you know, have hardwood floors and the whole, you know, the old bathtubs. (laughs) The charm. Romantic and charming. Exactly. It's stuff you don't get when you stay in a hotel room. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's why I like Airbnbs. I like that it feels like a home, you know, mm-hmm. there. I feel like, you know, you're not confined to just one room, you know, you've got yes. that space, especially when you have a family, yeah. like I have kids. So when I travel these days, we almost always get Airbnbs just because we need the space. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's great too for like larger, like families that want to meet in the middle, like if they're up north and south and Hey, can we move somewhere in Waco, for example, and you know, get a big house and all be together and fight and yell and have a good time and you know, not get in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Fun. So let's talk about um, let's talk about some do's and don'ts with Airbnbs. So what are some things that if if people are looking to get into to turning properties, you know, flips that they might have or actively just seeking out for the purpose of Airbnb. What are some things that people should be doing? Okay. Um, well, first and foremost would be exactly what we just talked about, which is, well, I mean, there are so many different aspects of it, but when you're, when you're a, a host, you want to always be upfront with your guests. Because if they know what is happening, they're they're fine, or they'll say no to it if they're if they're a no. And you can even offer that. Say, hey, look, this is what the situation is. You know, yes or no, and whatever that is, whether there's a pool or you know you have certain rules that you want them to follow, 
if they know up front, they can choose whether or not they say yes to it. And if you hide it from them, they feel duped and they don't feel comfortable. Nobody feels comfortable that way. And so that's one of the biggest ones right there that I have found is just be fully upfront and fully honest. And the ones that the guests that are your guests that are meant to come to you will be the ones that show up because they know what they're getting. Yeah. And, um, and then, um, don't just do it for the money. That's one of, that's another one that I have really just sort of fully um, integrated is that it is, it can be really good money, but I see so many people jump on the Airbnb bandwagon thinking, oh, I'm going to make so much money. Well, if you, if you come at it from that direction energetically, um, you sort of shoot yourself in the foot. You have to actually love it and you have to sort of have some sort of, what I'm finding is have some sort of connection to your potential guests. Um, I had someone I consulted with the other day that he was a young, uh, a young man. He's wanting to do apartments in an apartment complex and um, like do arbitrage, the Airbnb arbitrage. And um, the very first thing I said was know who your guest is. Don't, you know, don't try to go after somebody you don't understand because that's not going to, you're not going to do that well. And so he really was like, oh yeah. And, and so he knows exactly who his, it's like knowing your audience, you know, know your guests. Yeah. And yeah. And so that would be my second one. Um, and then probably my third would be, and this is more on the material side. Um, don't just go to um, Goodwill or get your grandma's old blankets or, you know, old pillows or whatever. Like really, if you're going to do an Airbnb, <laughs> do it, do it properly. And you don't have to go buy all brand new stuff by any means, but really like have a theme, have an idea in mind, have a, a, a system. Like I have a system that I go through. Like this is, I start with the beds and then I go from the beds to, you know, like the, the, the chunkier furniture and the, you know, so, but I always have an idea, a, a theme or an idea in mind as I'm building that the house and putting it together. Okay. And what it does, and I'll tell you why it's so important to do that, because most of the time when we walk into an experience, and an Airbnb is an experience, most of the time when we walk into an experience, we don't really know cognitively what makes us comfortable. But what I've learned is what makes people comfortable is consistency. If, you know, the colors make sense in a room, then it, you know, it, people feel good in that room. Mm -hmm. You know, if they don't make any sense in a hodgepodge of like 15 different colors, which even that can be a theme, um, but you have to be careful, you know, and just really make that obvious that that's the theme. And so, um, so that's why it's important to really pay attention to those things and not just, you know, pick up a vase you see at the Goodwill two bucks, you know, and, and really think about it does this actually fit what I'm trying to create? So I like that. So having something that's kind of, cause you're right. Like it is an experience and that's one of the things mm -hmm. like, as a Airbnb, um, 
what do you want to say? Somebody that stays yes. at babies. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, what's the word? Uh, I look for that too. You know, like I look for, yeah. you know, like if I'm staying in Austin, I know that I want to stay in kind of a funky, quirky place. And those mm-hmm. design them that way. And I'm sure it's very mm-hmm. intentional in how they're doing that, you know, because that's what people expect when they go to Austin. They expect, you know, weird, you know, or, yes. you know, um, like quirky and quirky yeah. And, yeah. yeah all those because that's normal yeah. for Austin you know when right you Antonio you probably expect to see more of like something kind of like with the heritage here or being in Texas mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. that kind of thing or if you're downtown mm-hmm. it might be a different so I think the vibe has to match the property probably and the the geographical area where you're at too right yes absolutely I mean, that's me making an assumption, but it sounds like that's what you're doing too. It makes sense. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, you're exactly. Airbnb in Colorado, you mm-hmm. want it to be like a mountainous lodge kind of feeling. Right. Like wood and <laughs> bears yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. So, um, so what are some things people should not do? What are some things to avoid doing? Some mistakes you think that people might make trying to, to Airbnb on a property? Um, hmm. Um, well, first of all, don't have, like, try not to have too many expectations. Um, oh, I know a great one is do not take, um, people's, um, complaints personally. That one took me a little while. Like I had to, I had to really just sort of get to a place where I could separate their, concerns or complaints or worries or whatever from me personally, you know, as the owner or the, you know, the person putting it together and, you know, really get to the place where I could understand them and not make it about me. And, um, so that's one of the big things is don't take anything personally because you're going to hear junk. People are going to be unhappy. I had a complaint the other day. Oh my goodness. I could, this one was like a whole brand new one. I was like, really? Okay. Uh, I never thought about that. And literally he put it, he put it in the review. <laughs> he said, he does not like privately because guests can like do a, 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 an, you know, a review that everybody sees or, and then they get the opportunity to address you directly. Mm-hmm. And he put the, the tops of the doors were dusty. And I just was like, okay. <laughs> okay. First of all, why was he touching the top of the door? Was he like seven <laughs> feet tall? <laughs> Wow. I was just like, oh gosh, okay. <laughs> Never thought about dusting the top of the door, but obviously there are some people that do. So <laughs> those doors are dusted now. <laughs> wow. Probably made it part of your process now, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, okay, gotta add that into the into the list. And so, and then that's another thing is that I've I, is getting to the place where you can actually take those complaints and appreciate them, value them. Like, oh, okay. All he's doing is helping me elevate my, my product. You know, now it's going to be even better. Nobody will ever have dusty tops of doors ever again. <laughs> well, we're just safe from it now. <laughs> what is he to complain about? I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. That's crazy. You, you know, what I find is there are some people that are just going to complain uh-huh. and, and, and this is what I tell my cleaners. I, I said, you know what, if 
that is what they're complaining about, they couldn't find anything else. So, so praise to us, you know, because that means that it was so good. He couldn't find anything. Yeah. So yeah, that's how I turn it into a good. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult when it's not a really constructive complaint, you know, yes. like yeah. you know, it's just like, you're just complaining. Like there are some things you can do it something about, but then there are other things you have no control over. And so I think right. to discern between those, those things and address what needs to be addressed. Yes. Yeah. Huh. So with, um, with all these properties that you have, like, do you manage them yourself or do you outsource that to somebody else? Um, no, I actually manage myself. And then I, um, I also manage other people's properties as well. And I love that it's, to me, it's like even better because I get to be in connection with the owners of the homes. I get to kind of be like the, like the, um, the cushion between the guests and the owners, and they get to have this product that is theirs. They own it. They're actually creating equity, building equity in their homes as well over time, building cash flow every month. And they have somebody else to deal with all the little things that come along with having an Airbnb. So if somebody wanted to, um, to take a property that they have existing, and turn it mm -hmm. into an Airbnb. What does that process look like? What do you have to, what are the steps that you need to take to make that happen? Um, the very first thing that I do is I, um, I have a, a software program called AirDNA. If you've done any research into Airbnbs or STR, short-term rentals, you've probably heard of AirDNA. Um, and basically it's a software that just does an analysis of properties in neighborhoods like this is how they did over the past 12 months. And this is how much occupancy, this is about how much on a daily rate they were getting. Um, and of course, right now we're all still recovering from COVID. So the past 12 months, I always warn people, just it's not really real. Like you can't, you know. And so, um, but I have another uh, program that I use that I built actually, it's a spreadsheet. And, um, but I take my numbers from them and then I put them together with mine and what I know I've done and I, I build that out and then, um, and I give them back feedback on that. And then the next thing is to, so the first thing is to even see is, is it even going to be worth it? And then the next very next thing is to check permitting because here in San Antonio, we have density, um, ratios. So the city will allow permits for certain areas. Um, I had an interesting thing the other day, um, someone that I'm consulting with right now. Um, I told her, Hey, look, you're, you're good to go. You, you can file for a permit. You should be able to get it because there, there are no Airbnbs in your neighborhood. And she goes, she writes me back and she sends me a screenshot of Airbnb. And she said, there are tons of Airbnbs in my neighborhood. And I said, okay, well, the city does not know that. So <laughs> you get your permit right now because, you know, the city's cracking down and if you're not permitted, you have to shut it down and you don't want to have spent all that money on furnishing and prepping and not be legal and then get shut down because then you've just wasted, wasted a lot of time. And money. So that's the second thing. And the third thing um, is to start, well, it's starting the, the permitting process to so find out if you can get a permit and then start immediately the minute you think you want you even think you want to do it 
That's, uh, I was wondering about that because I know, um, I, I don't, I haven't done an Airbnb before, but I know uh, some friends that were going to do some like in New Braunfels, cause that's another hot area to do Airbnb yeah. and they put a limit on it. You know, where you mm -hmm. can, they only have, you know, X amount. And I think it, it's probably like based on area, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, like you can only have, you know, five Airbnbs in this square mile radius or whatever. Right. And here in San Antonio, it's on a block face oh, and it's 12%. So it like, let's just say you have, you know, 10 houses and the numbers aren't going to work out real well here, but 10 houses on the neighborhood, 1.2 of those houses can be an Airbnb. So you would only be able to do one on that, on that street. So, so it is limited, you know, and you do have to know that before you start down that road. Oh, I guess unless they count, because you know on Airbnb you can rent out by the room too, so that could be your yes. too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so that, but if you do that, though, you can get one permit for your whole house, and that applies to all the different. All the oh, different does it? See, they have yes. Good to know because some people might yes. want to just Airbnb out a room, not the whole mm -hmm. house, and so that. Yeah. But you would still need to pull a permit for that, right? You'd still need to pull a permit and. The cool thing is that if you have a permit, then let's just say you go on vacation for a couple of weeks and you're like, oh, well, I might as well just make some money while I'm gone. Then you can actually Airbnb your whole house with the same permit. So you just have to build a new listing. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Very cool. so it sounds the like other thing, easy. Process. Yeah, when it, it's, it's a little tedious, you know, I mean, I think always when you distill things down to like an outline, it makes it look like, oh yeah, it's super easy. Just go get a permit. Just, uh, just look at Pinterest and there you go. <laughs> it's like, so much you start doing it and you're like midnight trying to put furniture together and you're crying and like, <laughs> you know? then there's real life. <laughs> right. Yeah. It does. I guess it does make it sound really easy. Yeah, just look on Pinterest and then just get a permit and you're done. Like, now just wait for the money to come. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, how do, um, these, um, how do you market these properties? Do you just market them just straight on Airbnb? You know, um, so that is one of the things I'm really wrestling with because I, I call it Airbnb. Really, it's a short term rental. Um, that's Airbnb is sort of a coined, you know, obviously it's, it's a brand, right. you know? And so now for myself, I only use Airbnb. Um, other people use all of the different, you know, like Airbnb and VRBO and booking.com and, you know, Travelocity and all these different, different venues. Um, I have found the more niched I am, the better I do if I just stop spreading myself so thin and just really get zoned in on one thing, I am just better off. And so that's what I, I let my, like, again, you know, on my, when I'm on my management side, I just let my people know my hosts or my, my owners know, Hey, I only use Airbnb. So if you want somebody that's going to use all these other things and software programs and put this together and give you a thousand bookings, then I'm not your person. If you want somebody that's going to be personable, that's going to use Airbnb, that's, you know, like right there with the property, I'm your person. And so, um, so there are lots of different ways you can go though. And there are tons of programs where you can integrate calendars and you can get super, super complicated with it. I'm actually surprised I didn't go down that road because I do like to get complicated. 
dedicated, but I just finally was like, no, forget it. I'm just doing Airbnb. <laughs> and I've had, <laughs> I've had great success. And what I found is the longer that I'm on Airbnb, the better I'm doing. It's a momentum based, you know, I mean, I've been on there long enough. I've got a ton of reviews. Um, and as you build more reviews, you develop your super host level, you know, uh, profile then you you show up higher in the search engine and uh, and it just it starts to sort of manage itself not completely but it's it sort of does so so how does one become a super host is it based on reviews and in length of time or how does that work exactly it is it's threefold actually you have to have at least 10 stays which is super easy 10 stays in a year Mm -hmm. um, actually, no, I'll take that back in three months. You have to have 10 stays in three months. And um, a, a 4.9 or higher in your reviews for your reviews as a host, um, which is really interesting. Uh, we could talk about that a little bit. And then, um, then the other thing is, uh, oh gosh, there's one more. Shoot, what is it? I can't think of the third one. But anyway, it actually is pretty easy to do if you're diligent and you're paying attention and you are approaching this as your business. Mm -hmm. It's actually really easy to do. Or if you just approach it as with love, you know, like, oh, I love my party and I'm taking care of it. I'm taking care of my people, you know. So back to the reviews. So dig into that a little bit. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, so a lot of people, because because they use the star method you know with airbnb mm -hmm. people think five star well their automatic cultural connection is to five star hotels right right and a five star hotel is very different than a five star airbnb and so i actually explain that to my guests in my guidebook that i have at, at the houses um because it, it's confusing for them you know, they're like, oh, well, no, this wasn't a five-star hotel. I didn't have, you know, a, a concierge outside my door, you know. And Where so was I my robe? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> my heated robe. And so, um, so yeah, so I had to explain that. No, this is, this is different. And, and if you give me a 4.8 thinking you're still giving me a good score, you're actually not giving me a good score. You're saying um, it was okay you know, and yet you had towels, you had toilet paper, you had a really clean place, you had nice sheets, you had nice pillows, you know, it's like, you've got all these great things, great location. Um, so I just had to basically educating, you know, educating your guests in a very kind way. Like, hey, by the way, that's really <laughs> five stars, please. Yeah, but I like that, um, that you explain that because I think, you know, I never, that actually never occurred to me. Yeah. Like, I don't, I think I would approach it that way, but I could see how a lot of people would think, right. Well, five stars, this wasn't like the fanciest place I've ever stayed. You know, exactly. That's exactly the basis for the five-star rating, right? It's like, how clean was it? Was it comfortable? Was it in a good location? Right. Were you responsive, mm -hmm. you know, to their mm -hmm. questions? Was the parking situation good? Things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Probably play more into that five-star thing right than just right right and and one of the formulas i have found that works really well is i have that explanation in the guidebook um i mentioned in the check-in information i'm here if you need me i want you to have a five-star stay and then at the end when they leave the minute they check out 
I send a message that says, so glad, you know, so glad you stayed. Thank you for being my guests. I hope you had a five star stay. So I like really five stars, five stars. <laughs> you should just buy like five stars and stick them like randomly around the house, like, around. all in a row. You know, a, I love it. I love it. <laughs> like five stars lined up in the kitchen, five stars in the bedroom, the bathroom. <laughs> It's subliminal, right? Yes, absolutely. I love it. That's brilliant, Melissa. Okay. There's your pictures. I want to know how that works out if you actually do it. That's funny. So um, I like the guidebook thing. So tell me, um, what, what are some things that people should put in a guidebook if, when they're doing an Airbnb? What are some useful things to have in there? You know, I mean, you're, you're, interacting with or you're hosting people who are coming from who could be indiana i mean they've never been to san antonio and so i think one of the great things about airbnbs and short-term rentals is that they're getting the opportunity to stay in a home which is different like you said than a hotel and they get to have a local experience so i think it's great as guests for us to put in i mean as hosts to put our favorites as locals like this is my favorite restaurant and this is my favorite margarita and this is my favorite coffee shop and this is why I like it you know and really it lets them know you as the host too so that's one big thing is your favorites your best um and then I like to just put in the highlights as well of the of the city you know like oh we've got SeaWorld we've got you know Fiesta Texas we've got the Alamo we've got the Walk. so we've got these different areas um and then then just kind of the rules, you know, like this is this is how this house works. We have quiet time from 10 at night because it's a duplex. So from 10 at night to eight in the morning, you know, we need for you to keep the keep it down. Um, if you don't, you know, I'll have to ask you to leave, you know, just like real, real upfront about the house rules. Um, the five star rating thing, like I do talk about that in the guidebook. Um, and anything you want them to know anything you want them to know about the house, about your city, about who you are. I, I, something else I love to do is I have um, books. It's like just notebooks. Um, and I just ask the guests, like, tell me where you came from, how long you stayed, what your favorite thing was about your visit, you know, and I cannot believe how often people sit down and actually just fill it out. And it's so heartwarming to read what people enjoy about our city. That's fun. And you probably... I mean, I would imagine you could come up with some new things in there too. You know, it might be yes. people ideas or like uh -huh. discovered something maybe you didn't even know about, right? Yes, yeah. And and I leave it there at the house so my other guests can actually sort of like look through and they can find things that, you know, that even I didn't know about. I found a few things I <laughs> I didn't know about guests and shared with me things. I'm like, oh, I didn't know we had one of those. <laughs> That's happened to me before too, actually. I think when I stayed in one, um, I just, it was one of those times where I just needed some like space and time alone. And so mm -hmm. I got an Airbnb and not good. wondering if I stayed in your Airbnb. I don't know, because <laughs> it was over there somewhere. Um, but yeah, there was like a list of some, some like random stuff to do. And I was, mm -hmm. I didn't even know that was there. Like I went to this tiny little shop that had like crystals and like all these cool things and oh, cool. that existed. <laughs> that is so neat. 
Yeah. San Antonio is such an awesome city. I love San Antonio. It's just, um, it's like that. It's like you go to these different areas and there's just these pockets of like really cool, fun stuff everywhere you go in the whole city. Like I've never been anywhere that I wasn't like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. <laughs> so um, I'm curious to know also just like with, with COVID and, you know, everything that happened last year, how did that affect your business? Um. Gosh, it was, I think just like everyone, it was really challenging. Um, I had over $8,000 um, net coming, or I'm sorry, gross coming to me the month of March last year. And literally in the course of three days, it dove down to less than a thousand. Oh. And I, I was... You know, I was kind of in between because I thought, okay, you know what? I would, well, first of all, I did kind of see it coming and I had already called my business partner and said, look, I have a feeling this is not going to be good. And I think we need to prepare. Um, I think we can get through it, but we need to be aware that this is coming down the road. Have no imagination that it goes on as long as it has. Um, but um, I said, you know, these are the, so I started doing some other things. Like I put us on some, some different listings for longer terms and for longer term bookings. And, um, so, uh, so we got that going ahead of the curve and I'm so glad we did. Um, and that's actually what saved us. So we, we ended up making it through, um, there were a couple things. First of all, I was not overextended, which was really helpful. Um, and then, um, or we were not overextended, which probably saved us too. Um, we saw what was coming down the road and so we prepared for it. And, um, and then it, it did, it affected the, the, the daily rates and it affected the number of bookings. So mm -hmm. it, it really hit us. I think the travel industry, honestly, got hit the hardest, you know, as a result of COVID but between hotels, you know, short-term rentals and any travel, anything travel, airplane, you know, train, whatever. So, um, so I, you know, it was, it was, man, it was scary. I had to breathe through it. Did a lot of meditating. <laughs> <laughs> that was not at all no. but you know thinking about too like you know think about san antonio like we rely i mean we have a lot of industry and stuff here too but we still are mm -hmm. very heavily invested in tourism and we rely mm -hmm. on that as a big source of our income here and so I think, absolutely you know when that happened like people like you with airbnbs and all the hotels and everything there's so many of them here in san antonio it was probably pretty difficult, I guess. It was, I, I mean, it just, it did shift the way, like I said, you know, I ended up with more longer term stays with lower daily rates, um, which was enough to cover the bills. And that was it. Like, there was no profit being made. You know, I was, I was cleaning just to keep the, you know, keep the boat going, you know, mm -hmm. and throwing that money back into the pot. You know? <laughs> so, you know, it was like, okay, we, we can do this. We can do it. We can get through it. It's going to be hard but we can so um but man it is it is really starting to bustle it's really shifting and i'm so grateful i, I feel like i've taken a deep breath for the first time in here <laughs> no 
I just told somebody <laughs> yesterday, I said, oh my God, I feel like I can breathe finally. Like I just unloaded yeah. a property that I've had for a little while and it's going to be a great deal, you know, but it's like, okay, things are moving forward again. Cause I feel like we were just sitting for so long, just mm-hmm. you know, cause you really, mm-hmm. wasn't much you could do. And even mm-hmm. now still, I feel like, you know, it's been a little bit more difficult, challenging, getting deals. Even it's been, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's selling, you know, retail mm-hmm. is a good time for that, but being able to pick uh-huh. up properties at the prices that people like us need to buy, it's been a challenge. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. Too. Yeah, no, I, I've seen it too, very much so. It's so funny now that you mentioned, I'm thinking like right when that hit, I had literally just closed on a flip as well. And I was just like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? Thank goodness it, it, you know, turned out okay, but man. I had done that too. I just yeah. bought one, I think, and at the end of 2019, and we have mm-hmm. it. And I think right when COVID started in March was when we were ready to go on the market. And I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> what if this house doesn't sell? You know, oh. it was just so unknown, but it was actually turned yeah. out fine because I just did like a video, you know, walk through the property and stuff. And we shared that with, you know, potential buyers and we still listed it and we still had multiple offers and sold it quickly, but oh, that's you know, so good. touch and go yeah. there at first. Just yes. to figure out Absolutely. Like, yeah. Like you just didn't know what was going to happen. It's either going to go or it's going to sit for yes. an indefinite yeah. amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think for, I, I've thought about it because I, you know, a lot of people did the Airbnb arbitrage or the short term arbitrage thing, which is where you rent a property you pay the rent, but then you Airbnb or whatever it out, short-term rental it out. And then, you know, you just, you make cash flow. You just make whatever above. And um, I was, uh, I, I saw left and right, you know, I'm, I'm part of like Facebook groups, Airbnb Facebook groups and left and right people. Those guys were just absolutely just like dropping my flies. I felt horrible. I mean, it just felt like watching a tidal wave you know, take people out. Mm -hmm. And so my, my advice, if anybody were to try to do it, I would never do it that way. I just wouldn't, I don't think it's just smart. I mean, it's a good short-term way to make some cash, but you really want to be investing in properties so that your property value is going up rather than, so that way you're building equity while you're cash flowing. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I just watched it and I just felt terrible. I mean, a lot of more like younger, you know, younger people that were just like make and make <laughs> for a little while, <laughs> put that money away, put it aside and be ready for a tidal wave. And if it never comes great, you've got a lot of little stash there, but be ready. You never know what can happen. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. And I think, I think last year taught all of us that, that we should be prepared. And that's something like in my coaching, I've incorporated too with telling people like, we need to talk about reserves. Do you even have mm-hmm. them? Because I know for me, like nothing was happening last year. I mean, we couldn't buy anything. I mean, it was just, it was just dead. And luckily yeah. we had reserves built up to weather us through all that, but you know, reserves are only going to last so long, but think about if you didn't have any at all and something mm-hmm. like that happens. And I think that's where a lot of people got in trouble was because- mm-hmm you know, you're just, everything's gravy and, you know, and mm-hmm. we get complacent and you don't, 
think to prepare for, you know, things that could po possibly happen in the future. You know, not that I want to be preaching disaster or anything like that, but absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. have to be yeah. prepared. And so you, you have to, like you, you have to have reserves and you have to learn how to pivot, you know, in different mm -hmm. ways and try different strategies to get by in the meantime. Yeah. Pivot. I love that word. That is, that is like the name of it right there. And I think, you know, some people, I, I love the word pivot. I think that's a great way to say it. Some people will call it innovate. Okay. Whatever. I like pivot. Because I, like <laughs> I feel like that's what it is. I feel like I'm just like, yes, you know, we're going to do exactly an actual movement that I'm making, you know? Yes. <laughs> we did it. We turned sideways. Yes. yes. <laughs> got to go in this direction now. Doesn't mean yes. you can come back to where you were, but sometimes it's exactly. a shift, you know, and that's, you know, something too, being in the business for a long time, it's knowing all these different exit strategies and when to deploy them, you know, depending mm -hmm. on what's going on in the market. So you've got to mm -hmm. be able to make those shifts so that you can stay in business. Otherwise, if you can't pivot and change, that could be the very well, the end of your business. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, if you, ha and see, that's one of the things I love about short-term rentals too, is it gives you another exit strategy. Yes. Like if you end up stuck with a property that you can't do anything with, then, you know, that might be a really good alternative to weathering, you know, any kind of market that that's happening, weird market that's happening with real estate. And I always think like, when I am buying a property, I always think in those terms, okay, where is it located? Is it somewhere where I could turn it into a short-term rental if needed? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, do I want to and not sell it? You know, maybe that's the route to go, but, um, but I think it's a great, it's a great, all great way for people to have a, another, another route to go. Um, yeah, I think it's a good exit strategy and vice versa too. You know, you, maybe you buy it as a short-term rental and then over time, mm -hmm. you know, maybe the value of it increased so much where you're like, you know what, I'm ready to just cash out of this. I'm tired of messing with, you know this kind of thing, you know, whatever, you know, everybody's got different mm -hmm. reasons for doing stuff. Maybe they want to retire. Or, I don't know, whatever cash out for any reason you could turn right. around and sell it, or you could rent it out as, you know, long-term rental or owner yeah. finance, sell it or. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I love about short-term rentals, um, that I think would make it really hard for me. I mean, I, I will do it anyway at some point, but I think it'll make it hard for me to long-term rent is, um, that you have such hands-on your property. Like you get to see, if you want to see your property like three times a week, you can, you know, I mean, you're, you can go check it out, inspect it, make sure everything's good, make sure the air filter, blah, 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 you know, and, and it's getting cleaned, you know, the floors are being mopped, the toilets are being scrubbed, you know, and, and there's no buildup of that for like a year or two years or five years, however long people live in it. So it's a really great way to maintain a property as well. One thing I was going to say when you mentioned buying, um, buying a property that's short term, if somebody were to do that, one piece of advice I would give them is, so, uh, I mean, we all try to show the best side, right? We all try to make it look, oh, look, I'm bringing in so much money. With short term rentals, you also are putting out a lot of money. So you might bring in a lot, but you're putting out more than you would on long terms. So make sure that they break those numbers down for you. How much is going, how much of that that you're bringing in is going to cleaning fees? How much of that? Cause that's going to somebody else. It's not going to you. Um, 
how much of that is for your maintenance? How much of that is for towels that you need to replace? You know, I mean, those, those little things are, it's important to know those numbers. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and they're not numbers that are typical. Yeah. Cause you probably, I mean, there are things that have to be replenished, right? Like toilet yeah. paper, if you're providing that mm -hmm. for and paper towels, maybe just like all those, but those little things add up. I imagine over they time. do keeping they do. an eye on that would be important. And then like, yeah. what, what kind of fees does Airbnb take from your bookings? Um, they take 3% of your booking. So it's not terrible. Um, I'll tell you where it hurts, but you know what? I'm just, I'm just at a place where I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna be grateful. Um, like, like for neighbor says, <laughs> I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. <laughs> no, um, is, uh, hotel taxes. So in, in, you know, San Antonio, Texas, you have to pay hotel taxes to the city, the County and the state. Um, luckily there's a way to actually work it in the system so that the guest is paying that and you're not paying that. Um, the money does come to you, but then you have to pass it on. Um, so, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, there's a lot, there's a lot to it. There are a lot of details to, to pay attention to. That's a good point yeah. too for people to remember the, those hotel taxes. Cause I know in a lot of cities, they do charge those. I know they do in San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, and there's a way to set it up in the system so that the guest is paying it. It's not easy to navigate so that that's another, but it can little, be, it can be done. And I can show you <laughs> <laughs> for the low fee of, you know. <laughs> it's gotta be worth your time, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I do, I try to be helpful. And you know, another great way to just get it free is to go onto the Airbnb Facebook groups. Um, they, uh, you know, we all just talk about this, how I'm doing it, this is how I'm doing it. So if you want like somebody that's a one-stop shop, I can be that person, or you can just kind of figure it out, you know, do it the hard way. <laughs> like I would. <laughs> and, and go, you know, go sort of like sift through the, the Facebook group. Well, so. if people, um, this has been great. I feel like I've learned a ton. Yeah, I feel like me too. is going to, to get something out of, out of this. Cause I know that there's so many people I've talked to are like, yeah, okay. I've been thinking about it and I have friends that are doing it too, like all over the country, but it's kind of nice to hear sort of the breakdown and sort of the behind the scenes of what goes on with, with doing the Airbnbs. So if, if anyone wanted to get in touch with you and maybe talk to you more about, about how you're doing this in a little more detail or consulting, how can they get a hold of you? Um, well, multiple ways. I, I have a, a website. I'm actually doing a website with an official website launch. So this is officially becoming a family business because it's just been me for a while. But my sweet daughter-in-law has come on. She is wonderful. She's like pulled my life together in so many ways but she's come on board and she is um, she's managing my website and my Facebook and like all my groups and all my things for me. Um, so I have a website. It's called viaconvita.com and it's V I L L A. The first five, six letters of my name, con vida, V I D A. And that means that stands for house with life. That's why I needed that. Um, so viaconvita.com. Thanks. And then, um, of course, you know, you can call me 210-854-7038. Um, and then also uh, Facebook, Ana Villalobos. 
and it's two L's. Actually, there are a total of three L's in my name. <laughs> so, uh, so those are the best ways to get in touch with me. Great. Well, we'll share that in the notes too, so that people want to reach well, out to you. They you. Can. And I appreciate so much your time on this Friday afternoon. Oh, and, um, thank you. It's been great. So sharing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've just gotten to know you even better. You're, you're just really amazing for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. I love that you're just highlighting all these women doing all these amazing things like we were talking about. I mean, we just, know. you know, we get to actually talk about it. I know. <laughs> get these women out from under the radar and bring them to the light. Let's talk about it. There's some great stuff that's going to be coming up. Like people that are just, they, I'm blown away already just by how many people are doing such cool and amazing, awesome things like all over the country. So lots of goodies coming up. Well, thank you for bringing everybody out there. It really, it means a lot. It means a lot. Thank you. Thanks.